Welcome back, everybody. We're on part two of the episode. Uh, lots to talk about, lots to unpack. Uh, we knew having Carl come up was going to, um, you know, help fill in our gaps, our memory gaps, and uh, share some stories. So we're uh, trying to make sure we get everything in. So uh, we talked about visiting in the hospital and some of the, the things we remember uh, doing that, how hard it was for us, um, especially that first uh the first couple nights so uh, I remember and I don't remember Carl if it was Saturday or Sunday um, I had to I had to get home to to get a vehicle so I could you know travel back and forth um, I think it was Sunday Sunday you and Matt um, drove me to uh, New York yep I remember that and I think in, I think the intention when you were driving me was to take me home if I remember correctly, I don't, I don't, I think it was later on, maybe during the drive or at some point, um, I, I don't know, it just came to me that I needed to talk to our pastor. Um, so, uh, the pastor we had at the time, um, so I met him when I started dating Lisa because he was the pastor of her church. So then he was still the pastor of her church. Uh, when we got married, so we did premarital classes with them. He conducted our wedding. Um, he then we moved to New York. Well, we moved to PA, or we, we moved in together in an apartment in PA. But we that was only a year. Yeah, after we got married, we um, or two weeks before we got married, we moved to New York, and um, that was fun. He after he married us, he left her church and transferred to a church. Five minutes, area. five minutes down the road from our house. So it was, it was kind of like, what? Are you serious? Like you're going to be closer to us? Um, so we ended up joining that church, and uh, you know, going through all that, we wanted, we wanted Ava to be baptized um, by him since he was, you know, always in our life. So he's been uh, with us through um, all of the milestones. The only thing he hasn't done is he didn't baptize Emma because he had been transferred again after she was born. Um, but he was a part of uh, a lot of milestones in our relationship. Um, someone who I was very comfortable with. So uh, I remember saying, "I need to go see. I need to go see Pastor Roger." And you guys, I knew where he, you know. I showed you guys where he lived, and you guys said, "All right, you know, we'll wait out here. Go talk to him and see what happens." So um, they waited in the car, and I went inside and. Uh, I remember his wife was as outside, and she met me, and probably surprised. Not a normal thing for us to show up, especially without Alyssa. And I just said I need to talk to Roger, and uh, she took me inside, and he was watching a movie, and he's like, "What's going on?" And I, Guess what? I broke down and cried um, because, in as every time I would have to tell this story of what happened. Like it just it brings such emotion. Even after we'd go see several doctors and they're trying to figure out, you know, every time we saw a different doctor, okay, so you had to start from the beginning, you know, what happened, and then every time you had to rehash it, it was just like bringing back old memories. So and I remember salt on the wound. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember sitting there talking to him and telling him, and you know, he knew me very well, obviously being such a part of our life, and he knew. Obviously, something was wrong, and he's like, do you want me to come see her? Now, he's an hour away. Um, I said, that would be great. 
And I remember he said, well, I'll drive you down there and I'll come and bring you back home. So I went outside and told you and Matt, hey, Pastor Roger wants to go see her with me so you guys can take off. Thank you for bringing me up here, but he'll take me from here. And then him and I drove down to the hospital in Scranton um, together, you know, talked a little bit but you know he also knew I obviously needed we we had I pretty much told him everything I knew at his house um, but we talked about a little bit some things on the way down he obviously knew I probably just needed some time to just zone out and just you know kind of absorb everything that was going on um, and I don't know if you remember do you remember him coming down the list? Yes I thought it was time for me to go home yeah I thought he was coming to take us both home I, I don't know why I just saw him, and I guess because he's always been so close to us, I just looked at it as the person that came to save the day. And right. So, yeah. Because I still didn't understand what was going on and that I had to stay. Yeah. And, you know, I remember him visiting with you, and I was there, and it's probably shocking for him to see you in that state. I was um, sitting on the floor. When you guys got there, I believe. I don't remember. But, yeah, that was, um, and then he brought me back home and I had a, you know, I had, so if that was Sunday, then I went back to work on Monday. Um, but I remember every day, so you could visit every day. It was during the week, it was limited visiting hours. So I would work, I think you're right, I think it was six to eight, because I remember, um, luckily, I don't have that luxury now, but at that time, I had a very, flexible good schedule where I was working mostly Monday through Friday or if I needed to I could definitely work Monday through Friday and uh, leave kind of whenever I needed to so I would work all day leave about 435 or whatever and drive to Scranton every day to visit uh, Ava had stayed with um, she was staying with my mom and her mom kind of back and forth they were helping out we had a babysitter who was would normally watch her but you know logistically trying to get her Alyssa was able to get her the babysitter because it was on her way to work it was not easy for me um, to do that plus you know we we had all these bills that were piling up and we had one income so plus I was spending a lot of money on gas Um, so luckily our our parents you know kind of had the flexibility to watch them you know alternate uh, watch Ava so that's what we did while uh, she was in the hospital for uh, I believe it was almost the entire month um, I it was six weeks six weeks I thought was it was six too, weeks yeah. yeah I think it was six weeks yeah well I went in the end of September and I don't think I got out until almost right before Halloween yeah that's because then we went trick-or-treating when I got out down here in the little neighborhood so I mean that's a long time to try to you know help have someone help take care of a child so we're obviously very grateful that we had that luxury um but I I I remember you know kind of like just it was almost like robotic just working you know I was kind of probably mentally there not always there always thinking about what's going on and driving down to Scranton to see her and then meeting all you guys in the hospital um and it took a long t- I don't I don't remember how I remember it took a long time for I was always waiting for like a breakthrough and I think like 
in my head having as many people there different people there as much as possible maybe somebody would trigger something um that would be what we call a breakthrough um you know and it took a, i remember it taking a long time to get to yeah, that point it, i know from for me uh, it was like um i want to say we didn't get any sort of breakthrough until week three or four i want to say it was feel free to edit this out it's this uh, but uh because i remember like that like a few days after we admitted i was like you know home like doing dishes or something like listening to music and uh the the song uh give me a sign by breaking benjamin came on and i started crying because it's a really sad song and everything like that and i started thinking like i need Alyssa to give me a sign because right now she's just like this it's not her i need to know she's still in there right um because at that point like i want to say even like even like one of the doctors said like oh, this might be permanent and it's like we might have lost Alyssa right. permanently and like right. and that's one of these like that's an unfortunate thing with mental health is like you just don't know you can't watch it's not like a wound that you can watch it heal it's just you, you just gotta well not that i know i had some sort of brain surgery or anything but it's like there's you, no you, on yeah and off there's switch. no on and off switch it's just like the right the right chemicals just hit the right spot and all of a sudden you're trying to your personality changes but um yeah we would go and visit every single day and then uh i remember like uh uh our friend daryl and Daryl's great. Daryl was hard, hard on his sleeve, and uh, Daryl's like a humor catalyst. I feel like everybody gets funnier, like your own sense of humor gets funnier when you're with Daryl. So he and I went in to go see Alyssa, and uh, we were just talking, and then like we started making some jokes, maybe not some like I appropriate feel like you jokes. Plan that. <laughs> it was actually, if I recall, it was kind of natural because, but but we were just having I natural. I just feel sense like you humor. planned it because you're like, all right, we're gonna be the ones to do this because. <laughs> But up to that point, Alyssa was just like stone faced on everything, and and we started making these jokes about, I don't even know what it was about, something stupid. I think it was on TV, and Alyssa cracked a little smile, and I'm like, that's the sign, she's still there, and I'm like, she's she might be able to come back from this, and uh, that was rarely encouraging, and it, it yeah. gave me a lot of hope, um, and. There is hope, so it's like, yeah. It's it's like, it's I can't imagine what it would be for like Alyssa, but like for the outside, for for us, like and friends and family, um, you know, just you just got to know this thing exists, and and look for the signs so you could, um, you know, have it addressed and taken care of because it's right. The longer it goes on, yeah, you the, just just don't think the it's harder. It is to come back, right? Yeah, and don't don't brush it off as like this person's angry or this person just you know, you know, being irritable or something. Because they, as we get into it, the second time was much shorter. Yeah, um, and going back to what you were saying, I I remember like always waiting for something, right? Like some little sign, something different than just the normal like not responding or not making sense or just waiting for something you know and eventually it started a show like the you'd see little signs and and i i still remember the the first time that when you know and they were trying medicine they were trying different medicines to mm-hmm. try to clear her head and try to get her back to normal 
and um some of them had bad side effects a lot of them had bad side effects and that's kind of what they're trying to work through but i remember when they finally were and it wasn't the right mix of medication which we'll talk about at some point but it was enough to kind of clear her head and i remember like actually going in there and she was like she had emotion on her face you know and she was like talking it's you know not that everything 100% made sense but most of it made sense um and it was like it was so uplifting you know just to to have that that breakthrough or finally like you said it was several weeks I remember definitely the I mean the first couple nights were very bad the first couple weeks were very tough um and hard to hard to um just deal with and because like once you got this, once you got something, it's like th- we might have a way out. But up to that point, it's like you don't know. Like you just thought, like yeah, this just might be the way it is forever. And I, I, I don't even know. I, I shudder to even think like without just that not knowing is a that's a bad feeling for us on our side. Yeah. And but and poor Alyssa, she's sort of aware of how all this stuff going on. Yeah. At the same time, and, and then and more and then, than most people would care to think. Couple that I with being knew. locked away from your family for six weeks and you only get to see them two hours a day, not even get to see your child because like, a- Ava was not allowed I back there. I would hold my pillow and pretend it was Ava because I needed something. Yeah. To feel like I was taking care of her or that she was near me, like like I had something. I had nothing. I was. I sometimes I didn't want to suggest it, but I thought like maybe we shouldn't bring Ava to the waiting room because Alyssa's gonna hear Ava running. I heard up, her many like, times. That's I'm like. I remember that day. I remember that day. Um, I heard her cry. I heard her like. You just ran out of babysitters. Noise. <laughs> yeah, and you know everybody wanted to come. Yeah, right? everybody so wants to be there. To to tell someone, hey, you know, you can't come it was hard. I remember the. I remember the. Maybe it happened more than once, but I remember one particular time I was actually visiting with her, and Ava had let out a cry, and you could you you can yeah, hear you it, you hear it, and you know your child's cry. Yeah, and she heard it, I heard it, and I'm just trying not to draw attention to it, hoping she didn't hear it. <laughs> she heard it, and then she started crying. I'm like, oh my god, and you know, that was a bad. Night. I wasn't uh, probably wasn't very happy with. Uh, it kind of just took me back to where like I couldn't even feed her when she was born and now I can't even be with her a year and a half later like it just was not a good feeling as a mom to not be able to hold your child and you know she's missing you you know like in a way she's not crying because she misses you she's crying because of something that happened in the waiting room but to hear her and know that only a door is separating you from her is kind of a gut-wrenching I mean, that's six weeks. Like, that's like at that point in Ava's life, that's a significant chunk of her life. Right. And I felt like I missed so much of it. And then I was so afraid of our bond, like being gone. Like, it was so hard for me to even fathom what it would be like when I would be out because I had this fear that nobody would trust me with her anymore. It was like. That's a good point really hard like it was a lot to work through yeah um i we're lucky in a way that ava was so young you know she doesn't remember it yeah um 
so you know uh, you, the last thing you want to do is for her to to re have to remember that and rehash that and you know feel like she suffered we all suffered enough to feel like she suffered too would have been really hard you know so I just hope she never thinks that she caused it yeah no I mean we had a conversation with her recently so we you know we um, they're young still you know both of our girls and they don't they understand any of this stuff and we really haven't talked to them about it I've talked Dave a little bit about um, a little bit about what Alyssa had gone through and like you know kids at this age they don't appreciate their parents you know they always say you know we you know a lot of, uh, probably everybody you don't appreciate your parents at a certain age and then you get to a certain age whether you become a parent or whatever it is that you start appreciating them for what you put them through so they're at that they're at this that age now and i don't fault them but um you know i we're, we're they know we're doing the podcast and we're kind of talked about a little bit and we talked about how traumatic the delivery was and um she does feel like she caused it you know which, i mean her being born sure caused it but it wasn't her it's yeah. like she did something intentionally so we're you know we're working through that trying to make her understand that it, it's not her fault but yeah, it's like you had no control over any of it right <laughs> you didn't even get to choose i don't think probably when you were being born like what time yeah. and no yeah. that was all like Alyssa's body like doing all that 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 timetable and everything right all everything and so it's yeah, she shouldn't feel guilty at all about that. Right? Yeah. I mean... But I understand as well. It's like, it's natural to like, when you know that something happens, that happens to coincide when you were born, yeah. it's only natural, like, this must be my fault. And, right. It, and, and that's natural, but um, it's not, if she's ever listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Someday uh, she might. They haven't listened yet, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do I'll wait till well, well, she's a teenager now in a few days. So she's going to stop listening altogether then, <laughs> until she yeah, I mean, turns 25 and uh, I mean, gets her senses back. I think, it, I, think it's, I think when she's old enough to handle listening to it, I would want her to listen to it just so it can be something she could have in her hat because we don't know if this is genetic. Or yeah. if it is porn, she knows something that was caused by a traumatic experience. Yeah, I mean, I do want them to, you know, understand this at some point because this could affect them as well. You know, they could very well, hopefully not, but they could, you know, be affected by this. You know, so I think we I, want them to be aware. I think they will. That they're smart and they'll they'll. I think they'll pay attention to this, like. It may not be till like they're in their later twenties or marry themselves or maybe about to have children if they want. Like, oh, what's that thing that mom had? You know, or, or went through and. But like, they know you. You're their parents. The kids know things about their parents, and right. um, they'll remember this. And they'll, they're smart. They'll keep. I know they'll keep this in uh, the back of their mind when. Uh, when that time comes, comes up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. Hopefully, you know, luckily we're, we're uh, seasoned pros, so if it ever happens, you know, we'll, we'll obviously be there to support them, but and we're just obviously hoping that this is the last time we ever have to deal with this, but, um, you know, I hope, I hope in some way, you know, all of our friends, 
you know, knew what we went through, our close friends and our family. So who knows? Maybe hopefully we impacted somebody without even knowing it. You know what I mean? So, um, but hopefully somebody listening, you know, this is still, you know, it's only the second episode. It's still very early on. We're trying to get some traction on social media and, and let people know that, you know, we have this podcast um, because we want people to to reach out. We want people to either share their stories or, or whatever. Um, we want people to know that they're not alone and, you know, maybe we'll make an impact without even knowing it. That's fine too. You know, this is in a way uh, therapy for us, even this many years later, but we want to just kind of get everything out there and, and kind of talk about, talk about what we experienced. So I kind of want to make it mainstream to talk about it and not, yeah, not be taboo. so embarrassed yeah. about everything that happens because you don't have control over all the chemicals in your brain all the time. Just takes like a, yeah, a couple of chemicals going to the wrong spots and changes everything. And someone, so it wasn't until later on after she had gotten the hospital and we had some further complications. But I remember talking to a doctor on the phone and and they said, you know, it's it doesn't take much. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We doesn't take much for us to have something just go a little wrong in our head and completely change who we are because when you experience this for the first time to go from someone who you know i I don't want to use the word normal but someone who you know you're used to talking to there's none of these the standard person yeah their standard life that they've had up that point. right they don't suffer from any kind of mental health issues they don't have you know any kind of you know schizophrenia or anything and then you know for them to to completely do a 180 and just be someone totally different um it's a scary thing and you're like how did we even get to this point right like how did this even happen and it doesn't take much it doesn't take much for it to happen um unfortunately for anybody who's it's becoming a little more mainstream now mental health awareness but uh back then it wasn't you know and uh, uh, a lot of people that I work with um, have been listening to the podcast and I'm very grateful for that um, yeah, and they'll, they'll see me at work and they'll say you know I had no clue you know and very few people knew um, especially the first episode the first episode she had where she went to the hospital um, very few people knew what happened the details other than our close friends and family yeah. because it was embarrassing for me to talk about. You don't want to, you know, they knew my wife was sick and she was in the hospital, but I would leave it at that. I didn't want to say she was on the mental, in the mental ward. You know what I mean? And she was having mental health problems to me. That was embarrassing for me and for her. And it shouldn't have been. And I wish it wasn't. Um, but also at that time, wasn't really helpful for me to talk to people who didn't know or understand. Right. Close friends or family is different because they, they can relate. They can understand because they know who she is. Um, they know something is wrong. Um, so, yeah. But and it, Like you say, mental health is becoming a little more mainstream now, and that's a good thing because it really shouldn't be something that is uh, like a, a taboo or off-topic subject. It's, the more awareness is the better. It shouldn't, like, we shouldn't be looking at mental health and thinking like, oh, crazy people or something and right. just dismissing it like that because it's it's not. It could happen to anybody and the slightest thing just 
something as natural as giving birth can affect somebody that, I mean, there's, there's times people like the hormones just hit the right way and people's personalities are permanently changed. Right. Not like the, the postpartum psychosis, like you had a list but just like their personality is just different. They're right. a different right. person altogether now. Yeah. And so it's, um, yeah, like you said, like that one, like you said, that guy said, it doesn't take much. Yeah. Just a couple of chemicals and in, in the right, in the wrong spot of the brain at the wrong time. And you're now someone else. Yeah. And, Brains are different. so fragile. We think they're we think because we're in click case in the skull, they're like really hardy. But it's like no, it's what's going on underneath that skull and all the chemicals and fluids touching them. And it's the most fragile part of our body. I mean, you can yeah. have so many ailments with any other organ and have complications and not really change who you are. But anything wrong in the brain completely changes who you are and how you function and how you talk and how you do anything. So. Um, Definitely something that, you know, I'm glad is a little more mainstream. Um, I'm glad that we're able to talk about this now, even though it's so many years later, you know, I feel like we maybe, I wish we had done it sooner, right? Because you, you always wonder who could you have helped, you know, yeah, but maybe you, nobody. I mean, we're not exactly. Uh, Got to do it when you're ready, though. Yeah. If you weren't ready, you wouldn't have helped anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I said the first episode, even if we helped one person, you know what I mean? Um even if they had already gotten through it, you know what I mean, type of thing, and they just hearing this makes them feel better. Yeah, knowing they're not alone. They're knowing they're not alone because maybe they didn't really talk about it much. I mean, even if they never heard from that person, but knowing that that there's someone there that you know kind of benefited. I wish we had this back in like twenty, what was it, oh, yeah. twenty ten or twenty two thousand eight or something, and it's like it really would help to know, like, oh, this exists. Yeah, right. this is what Liz is going through, and there's I remember probably and someone who went through it. Yeah. And I remember just like looking, trying to solve it myself, right? Yeah. And just Googling all these symptoms. And for whatever reason, like, I, me- I remember postpartum psychosis coming up, but it wasn't like, it wasn't as prevalent now. Like, now that I know about it, like, you can find a lot of different things on it. Yeah. But back then, like, I'd, I'd pretty much just Google the symptoms and. So much stuff probably came up. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like. You, don't go to WebMD, right? Because oh. you'll think you're dying. So it was kind of like that. So, so you, go, you look at all these symptoms and so many things could, it could have been, right? So I, I remember spending lots of times just trying to just trying to figure out by myself, you know, what it what it was like. But those were uh, those are tough nights too because it, we were just talking somewhat recently um, this 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 week about. She doesn't know everything I went through when she was in the hospital, but, you know, I would, um, like I said, come home, the house is quiet, and if, you know, no, this is not a dig at you, Carl, but you lived in a house by yourself for a long time, so to you, you probably wouldn't feel as abnormal, but when I, I have never, we moved into this house together, so and there's always somebody with you. To be in the entire house by yourself, um was very uh very odd and not comforting like you think being home would make you comfortable there was nothing comfortable being in your house by yourself knowing that your spouse is in a hospital and you can't talk to her like it's not even like you could talk to her even if you could talk to her on the phone that'd be one thing but not being able to talk to her um was very hard and i would i would i would seclude myself to our bedroom because I felt like making the house small 
made me feel more comfortable if that makes sense mm-hmm. so i would i would cook myself something to eat after visiting her and then i'd go up in the room and i, I pretty much lived out of our bedroom because you know i would eat up there and i didn't it's not like i had like all day i wasn't like up there all day you know i worked all day and then um i'd go visit her in the hospital and i'd drive home and then there was just a little bit of time before i went to bed and the weekends i would spend the weekends pretty much at my parents house down there not driving back and forth but um so it was only a little bit of time but i didn't want to just sit in the living room watching tv by myself we had a tv in our bedroom i would just kind of sit up there and just you know I just wanted the the space to be as small as possible. I should even shut the door. Like, wow. shut the door. I'd eat my dinner up there, just kind of chill out, you know, whatever, and then go to sleep and, and wake up. It was like this, probably, it's almost like a, like a nightmare that you just never mm-hmm. woke up from. Wasn't a home without Alyssa. So. Right. So, you know, it was very tough, but, yeah, we got through it, so. But, all right, well, uh, that ends uh, this episode. I appreciate everybody listening, as always. We appreciate all the support. Can I say something before we close? No, we're done. No, we need to say something. Okay. So, when we finally got a good nurse, I want to end with this. I might have mentioned it in the first podcast. The best thing that was ever told to me about taking care of your mental health is you wouldn't let your heart go. You wouldn't let a sore toe go and you wouldn't let a broken bone go so you would definitely not let your brain do whatever it wants either you always have to take care of each part of your body and it's not anything that you have to be ashamed of or embarrassed about I know I say I'm still embarrassed about some of the things that I did during that time but I am not embarrassed about going to get the help that I needed to get back to my life that I left like that's all that was in my head was I just had to get back to my family and my friends so please don't ever be afraid if you have any issues like it's always better to know than to not go because if you get a free clear bill then that's great and if you get like something that you might need some help with medicine or just talking to somebody you just gotta do it I think in uh, addition to that because what she's saying is very important but in our experience you know even though we try to get the help we didn't always get the help right away so if you really think something is wrong you know it took us always get a second opinion took us multiple doctors to finally get to someone who would really listen to us and understood um what we needed and and what she needed and and what we went through so even if even if you don't think you're getting the help right away always seek out somebody else yeah you know what's wrong with yourself they're taking their best guess and if it doesn't mesh with what you're feeling go see somebody else now i'm not saying go find somebody who's just gonna be like Oh yeah, that's what it is. Don't find a yes man. Fine, right. but yeah, definitely seek other opinions to see what it, it could be. Hundred percent. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening once again, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.